0: Hello and welcome to another QuackCast, a skeptical and sarcastic evaluation of quacks, frauds, and charlatans. Oops, I'm sorry. I mean complimentary and alternative medicine. This podcast is dated 7-11 and is going to cover the theory of acupuncture. This is brought to you, as always, as a side project of Pussware LLC, the publisher of the Persiflaser's Annotated Compendium of Infectious Disease Facts, Opinion, and Dogma your uber-hyperlinked electronic guide to infectious diseases, available at com, where you will also find the Persiflaser's podcast, a bi-weekly review of infectious diseases. If you do a search of podcasts and alternative medicine, the bulk of results will point you to many sites on complementary and alternative medicine, most of which are, well, garbage. There is the excellent com, the source for good reviews of all things pertaining to quackery. But there is a lack of podcasts that look specifically and skeptically at alternative medicine. This is a shame, for, to judge from the medical school in my neck of the woods, critical thinking and alternative medicine do not apparently go together. So you are in luck. I am an infectious disease doctor with a long interest in things skeptical, and I have been honing my podcast skills for the last six months with my Infectious Disease podcasts, available at Pussware.com, by the way, if you hadn't heard the above. So I have decided to branch out my podcasting into the other area of life and medicine that interests me, and have embarked upon what will be a series of short podcasts covering various aspects of alternative medicine. As Baruch Spinoza said, quote, I have made a ceaseless effort not to ridicule, not to bewail, nor to scorn human actions, but to understand them. End quote. This obviously does not apply to me. Scorn and ridicule are my two favorite approaches to all of alternative medicine because it's so stupid. But I hope I will use what I like to refer to as evidence-based ridicule. And you too will see as time goes by why this is. And so now on to the vicious screed. And today's topic is going to be the theory of acupuncture. In the next episode, we will examine the efficacy and amazing complications of acupuncture. And there are some amazing complications. But for this podcast, we will lay the groundwork of the theory behind acupuncture. And as always, I will use the royal we rather than I, since I am, of course, king of all I survey. Now, I have no doubt that most of you know what acupuncture is. It is ancient. It is Chinese. It is thousands of years old. Did I mention that it's ancient? that they have a theory that there's a life force called variously Qi or Gi-Dong, and that this life force and energy is found in everything and flows through everything, including human beings. It specifically flows through 14 different meridians or pathways. It took me, by the way, four takes to say that. And when this life force or Qi is blocked, disease occurs. This life force can then be unblocked by placing needles in one of up to 2,000 or so acupuncture sites. Subsequently, the needles lead to an unblocked key, life energy flows, and health is restored. In modern acupuncture, they will add something across the needle, such as electricity, or ultrasound, or heat. It all sure sounds nice. It's too bad it's all really stupid. Let's go through this step at a time. First, it is ancient. Often because something is ancient, that makes the technique valid. The ancients, it is often said, possessed a wisdom and knowledge that has been lost to us. This is a common fallacy not only of quack medicine, but all sorts of fringe belief systems. The Egyptians had batteries, Stonehenge had to have been made with advanced technology, etc., etc. Atlantis was often a source of ancient wisdoms that has since been lost. It is also argued since it is ancient, it must have worked. Why would a civilization as advanced as the Chinese continue to use a system of healing if it was not efficacious? Well, the fact that a quack remedy doesn't work has never been held against it by its practitioners or its users. There is not, to my knowledge, an extensive literature from ancient China documenting the efficacy of acupuncture in randomized placebo-controlled trials, just an endless series of anecdotes. And remember, the plural of anecdote is anecdotes, not data. Future podcasts, I think, will cover the psychology of belief in quackery. Our ancients used bleeding and purging for centuries, so antiquity is not necessarily a good roadmap for determining what is efficacious. But the proof is in the pudding, whatever that means. At the end of the 18th century, the average life expectancy of someone from China was between 25 and 30 years. While there are a lot of reasons besides relying on quackery for healthcare for this life expectancy, it is not until the Chinese adopted Western medicine with, among other things, germ theory, that their life expectancy jumped to 71 years. But basically, people died like flies in ancient China in part because they relied upon a healthcare system that was stupid. It is Chinese. Well, I'm not going to deny that it's Chinese. But there's something about things that come from the East that makes the critical facilities of people from the West shut down. It is Chinese and therefore inscrutable. It comes from the mysterious East, so it's allowed to have a weirdness that is not allowed in the West. The East, it is said, is filled with people who look at the world differently and have different rules for reality than those of us in the West. This is, I think, another popular fallacy. Airplanes, of course, fly in China under the same rules that they do in the West – Physics is the same everywhere, and while this is used as a mostly positive stereotype by quacks, I always think back to the movie Hearts and Minds, a film about the Vietnam War. In this movie, the film switches from a broken-hearted Vietnamese woman who is crying over her husband's grave to General Westmoreland saying how Orientals do not value life as those in the West do. Yes, it's Chinese, but the Chinese operate under the same rules of biology, physics, and chemistry that we all do. So what is this chi of which I speak? Well, it is a life energy. It is unmeasurable, undetectable, and a force that pervades everything. Huh? It's unmeasurable? It's undetectable? Then how do you know it is there? And how can you interact with it? I think this is the key stupidity of classic acupuncture. If you cannot detect it, then how do you know it is there? Now, energies are popular in all of quack medicine. They vibrate and oscillate and harmonize. But as best I know, there are four forces in the universe. There are at the level of the atom, the strong and the weak force. There's electromagnetism, and there's gravity. And those four forces account for everything that we see in our universe. Now, I know, I know, there may be this dark energy and dark matter. And this is as of yet uncharacterized and maybe acupuncture will turn out to be a manifestation of dark energy i'm sure there will be an article in one of the alternative medicine journals describing this in the near future but either qi exists and it's a manifestation of one of these forces which accounts for everything and i mean everything in the known universe and should therefore be detectable or it is just a bunch of made-up crap i suppose there is another least likely option that there is an as of yet undiscovered new force slash energy in the universe that will revolutionize our understanding of the nature of reality and net someone a nobel prize and a reputation in history to rival that of newton and einstein yeah and there are weapons of mass destruction in iraq But to quote the skeptic, i.e. the skeptic's dictionary, no matter how it is done, scientific research can never demonstrate that unblocking key by acupuncture or any other means is effective against any disease. Key is defined as being undetectable by the methods of empirical science. This is a handy out. It can't be falsified. I wish I could say this to my patients. I made you better and I have no way to prove it, but it is so because I say so. That doesn't even work with my nine-year-old anymore and if an adult buys it they must be a real retard. I always love to fall back on the old ad hominem attack. It never fails to amuse. All ancient mythologies and cultures have had an explanation for why one thing is alive and another thing is not. The cell and biochemistry were beyond them and as often so was basic anatomy and physiology. Not knowing that we are a sack of chemicals and water powered by ATP, they come up with metaphysical explanation. The Chinese have their key, the Greeks have the notion of pneuma, there's also Elan Vital from the French, Mesmer had his energy, the Catholics gave us a soul, and any number of mystical non-scientific explanations for what makes life. And this falls under the general category of vitalism. So the Chinese had their form of vitalism. I can't hold it against them. The Chinese didn't know modern biology. But people today, they should know basic biochemistry. But to believe in mystical forces powering life and illness, it would be just plain ignorant. And I wish I could say that with a Michael Jackson imitation. As to the meridians upon which Qi flows, I must have missed that day in anatomy lab. I didn't see them then. I don't see it now. They're not available at autopsy or an MRI or CAT scan, and you can't see them at surgery. They do not exist as detectable physical structures. What well, that shouldn't be a surprise. If Qi doesn't exist, why should their pipelines exist? Another made-up structure to account for Qi. Well, what about the acupuncture points? Classically, there are 365 acupuncture points, but over the years, new points were added, so there are now over 2,000 described acupuncture points, new ones sometimes contradicting the old and turning the entire body into a potential pincushion of acupuncture. There is, safe to say, no point on the skin that, depending on the practitioner, you could not put a needle in without a quote-unquote response. Like meridians, however, there are no anatomical physiological correlation with these points, They exist in much the same way that homeopathic provings do. They are basically codified anecdotes with no basis in reality. That they don't exist in humans doesn't mean much, and these points and meridians have been translated to animals as well. It turns out that horses have a gallbladder meridian, even though horses, it appears, have no gallbladder. But you don't need anatomy to inform your choice of acupuncture points. Now, it seems to me that humans doing stupid things to themselves is one thing, but to send poor spot to get stuck with needles seems to me to be needless cruelty. Where is PETA when you need them? Wait, never mind. You actually never need PETA, but that's a whole different issue. Modern practitioners, and I'd love to put modern in quotes, will add electricity or heat or light or sound waves to the needles, and this brings up several points. If these modalities somehow interact with key, then should not the key be detectable? Or does electricity interact with key in a non-detectable way as well? And then, how do you know it is interacting? Also, it is probably not acupuncture once you add electricity to it. Somehow, I don't remember reading that the Chinese had Duracell batteries in the Ming Dynasty, which they applied to the needles. I would argue that once you add electricity to your acupuncture needles, you're no longer really doing acupuncture, that this is not the ancient Chinese unblocking of the key. And this brings us to modern theories, because some studies have been done that show that there's a release of endorphins with acupuncture, and that there are MRI changes with acupuncture. In both of these studies, which are the most frequently referenced, electroacupuncture was used. Yes, they stuck needles in people, and then they added electricity across the needles. I am not particularly surprised. You stick a needle in someone and shock them, you should get a neurologic response. Yeah, duh. Last time I looked at the neurologic system, it ran on electricity. Failed to see the applicability of explaining classic Chinese acupuncture by using a system where they add electricity to it. And they do not add up, I think, to a compelling explanation of what is basically ancient Chinese magical thinking about qi and meridians. And we have known about the effects of cutaneous electricity for years. In medicine, we call it a TENS unit, a transcutaneous electric neurologic stimulation. So what have we learned? There ain't no qi, there ain't no meridian, there ain't no acupuncture points. There ain't no reason to think that there is a biologic plausibility for acupuncture's quote, efficacy, unquote. Not that you would know this if you read the review in the Annals of Internal Medicine. This review of acupuncture was a horribly intellectually dishonest apologia that dates to the time that I lost respect of the intellectual rigor and integrity of this medical journal. I would quote, however, from the National Council Against Healthcare Fraud, which concluded that quote, Acupuncture is an unproven modality of treatment. Its theory and practice are based on primitive and fanciful concepts of health and disease that bear no relationship to present scientific knowledge. Seems pretty straightforward. However, it's estimated that between 10 and 15 million Americans spend approximately half a billion dollars a year on acupuncture. So you can fool a lot of the people a lot of the time. I do need to get me a piece of that cash. Unfortunately, before I take my patient's money and put them at risk, I like to know that my therapeutic intervention is based on reality and is proven to work and the benefits outweigh the risks. At least in medicine, we have some, if not too inconsistently applied standards. But like all quacks, and we'll see this again when we talk about chiropractic, but since there are no real standards in this theory of practice, that you will get a different diagnosis depending on which practitioner of acupuncture you see. There's a study that was published in the Southern Medical Journal in 2001 that demonstrates the absurdity of TCM practices. Here I quote from Quack Watch, quote, 40-year-old woman with chronic back pain who visited seven acupuncturists during a two-week period was diagnosed with key stagnation by six of them, blood stagnation by five, kidney key deficiency by two, yin deficiency by one, and liver key deficiency by two. The proposed treatments varied even more. Among six who recorded their recommendations, the practitioners planned to use between seven to 26 needles inserted in four to 16 specific acupuncture points. Of the 26 acupuncture points selected, only four were prescribed by two or more acupuncturists. These guys are basically doing this stuff randomly because their practice and theory makes no damn sense whatsoever. But we will look at the next podcast at the clinical data and the wacky world of acupuncture complications. So that brings us to the end of another quack cast, an occasional review and rant on alternative medicine talk to you a side project of Pasware.com where you will find the persiflaser's podcast a weekly review of infectious disease as well as the persiflaser's annotated compendium of infectious disease facts dogma and opinion the references on this podcast can be located on the web page send your hate mail and spam to know it all at quackcast.com the music is by my son when he was 12 years old improvising on the guitar and now if you will excuse me i need to go and get my feng shuied. Thank you.